SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Good evening, Duncan. How are you? So, how are you this evening? Good to be with you. I'm well, thanks. Been a while since we last met. Yes. Duncan, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me okay? I certainly can. Now, I'm saying it's been a long time since we last met, but it's good to catch up again. Are you well? I think it's been a few years. Yes, I'm all well, thank you. Just keeping indoors and keeping healthy, you know. That's exactly what you have to do. Let's talk yes. about <laughs> the Social Collective. Tell us more about the organization first before we get deep into the discussion. Super. So I started the Social Collective about um, eight years ago, and uh, we really started because nonprofits um, needed better ways to do their monitoring and evaluation, right? Um, so that's where we started out, and I I think since then we've grown to um, evolve into a tech company or technology company that's helping companies report on the funding that they are providing to organizations and also helping better understand the impact that organizations have in um, society, right? So using a lot of advancements with online learning and with um, the way people are learning and having impact. So we help companies monitor and report on that, um, those activities and that work. This, of course, calls into, not question, but into consideration how companies then would be, among other things, spending their CSI budgets and making sure that it has the kind of impact that is consistent with, first of all, the good morals of society and consistent with the values of that particular business making that investment. Fair point? Yes, I, I CSI, or Corporate Social Investment, has a great history in South Africa. I think um, if you have a look at what these budgets um, that are mandated by government, let's say a company has to spend um, net profit off tax on um, charitable organizations, and there's incredible work that goes into our communities um, across various interest groups every single day um, across the country. Um, so there's massive support from our companies based on the government um, or governance structures that have been set up already. And to the point about um, being strategic for companies, um, yes, and I think more so an emphasis can be put on that. Um, the, the big idea that um, came out of uh, Michael's Porter, Michael Porter's thinking about this strategy was really around how do you create this concept of shared value, which says that if a company really thinks really hard about what they're doing with the investments, the social investments or donations that they're putting into communities, it can actually have quite a powerful benefit, uh, financial benefit in, uh, on the company um, as well. So not only are you improving society in a much more impactful way, but it actually helps the company's bottom line. Let's engage the listeners because I would be interested to find out from them what experiences they have as recipients of company funds or company or commercial support in either their 
organizations at a non-profit level or as community org- formations and organizations for the purposes of a targeted project in a given society or even the good old sponsor us 10 grand so that we can fill in petrol to move from Cape Town to Joburg for a sports tournament. What has the experience been for you at home who is listening now in terms of, first of all, engaging organizations? What are organizations always looking for for the purposes of them supporting your need or cause? How then do you ensure that you make how do you ensure rather that what it is that you have said you're going to do with the money you do and the checks and balances in place that are put in there let's talk equally about impact does csi as we have come to accept and understand it to be have the desired impact in your communities not so long ago i'm asking this question luke is because we had one of our professors from stellenbosch saying that philanthropy as an idea is bad and i think it got me thinking because i found myself saying Charity is not a good thing. Let me explain why, and I think this is especially where I want the listeners to join in. Charity is a unilateral act. It it doesn't involve an exchange. So I come into this community, oh, they need 100 beds, so I come with 100 beds. That's at best for me to feel good and for somebody to sleep on that bed, and that's the end. There's no transaction here. There's no ownership by that community who receive the 100 beds. There's nothing they are doing in exchange as to own and claim ownership of that. They're not doing anything in terms of time. I might not be requesting their resources, but they certainly have time. What are they doing for me to keep me, first of all, invested to come back on another day with 100 beds? What are they doing to look after the 100 beds? Because they get 100 beds, they have no idea as to how it got there they just know they've got a bed and if there's a protest on another day or if something gets lost or it's damaged no one feels that sense of loss because it was never a transaction so on that premise i depart by saying that charity and charity alone is not a good thing you need to establish a transaction you need to have an exchange how do we establish an exchange between the one who is getting the benefit and the one who is parting with that muscle be it resource or equipment or money duncan yeah so it's, it's a really good point and and we see this often and you hear this often and i think they are as many good stories as there are bad stories. And you, you're right in saying that there does need to be an exchange, right? And unfortunately, I think the the organizations that are the recipients often don't have the means um, to do that detailed level level of tracking and reporting. I mean, sometimes it's, it's in emotional matrices that you have to report on. So how does this impact someone's life or affect? Um, someone's life and and how do you actually measure that where this organization might be existing purely to make sure those let's say 100 beds are delivered and uh, and um, given to the people that need them most which is the appropriate need in that community and their speciality is definitely not communicating back to you the impact that it's having and monitoring and and checking up on that and and communicating that story and i think that's where the the industry really needs to to evolve, you know. And I mean, I can add on one point. There is um, something that that we're working on and, and been thinking about a lot is that the the way that the the giving structure, when you're not talking about goods, but if you're talking about cash, let's say you made the example of the ten thousand rand, um, like with that ten thousand rand in the in the current um, 
the current tax allowances or deduction, there is a tax benefit or tax savings available to you should you do the work that's required, right? So should you get the the required um, certification, the Section 18A certificate from the organization for that donation, you're actually liable or you can get a tax saving back, right? Now, the idea there is that if you can give money and then receive a tax saving back, surely that's a way to encourage a relationship so that you come back next year and you say, I gave 100 beds last year and I was able to get a, or I donated money to give 100 beds last year and I was able to get a tax saving from that. Do you need more beds or what else do you need? And that's the idea behind these relationships that need to start happening rather than causes that pop up when a need arises and for us to address Mm. it. I think that's required. But look, these organizations have been around for a long time and the needs are prevalent and the needs are still going to be around. Let's say, for example, after COVID-19, the people are still going to need beds. That's not changing. It's probably going to become more of a need. I accept. This is where I wish to disagree somewhat with you. That section 18A certificate, which qualifies one for a tax rebate, is incentive for the one who is parting with the resource money in this instance. That alone doesn't mean that the recipient of that resource is any more invested in what they get. And and that's what I'm trying to establish here. How can we establish a transactional relationship between philanthropy and receipt so that those who receive can better own and through ownership comes investment and investment comes the value that is derived and the true benefit from the community on the receiving end. I accept what you are saying in that for so long as I'm donating and I can get these tax rebates through the Section 18A certificate, I'm happy to do that. But it doesn't mean corresponding parties to this transaction and I don't say it's a transaction because it's an exchange. I say it's transaction between mm. the two parties. They're not doing anything to earn this. They've just made a request and they're getting it and they move on. And they'll hop until they can get what they want. But beyond that, what else are they bringing to the table? What gives me the urge and the drive continuously then to invest in the community? That, I think, was a critical question. Mm. And I, I even liken this to an example of social grants. There is a need to, for social grants in this country, true. Nobody can dispute that, and it's relevant that government provides it. It's a constitutional imperative, Section 27. But for one who gets a social grant to just get a grant without any form, and I want to use a generic term of community service, it creates an entitlement which I believe is premised on false structures. Yes, so Gezo, I, I totally agree, and I think... When you, when you think about it from the organization's perspective, I think the, the the kind of background of the cause or charity comes from this hand-out scenario where that's the industry standard. That's how it's always been, and someone actually needs to challenge this now. So I think you, what you're saying is dead right. And the, the best example, best practice um, we've seen out of this is um, this, this movement or language around... Um, sustainability business strategy, okay? So, uh-huh. which basically says that companies now can actually be more strategic about the ways in which they engage society. Now, I appreciate that it doesn't answer your question about what are the recipients doing? Like, how is that becoming an exchange? I think that's like 
the big question. But I think we also need to look at like uh, where the source of funds are coming from and, and, and why that relationship exists in the first place. Because for some companies, it's, it's a bottom line item or a checklist item where you need to support charities so that you can uh, either get the score, the, the points for the scorecard you need or you can get that little tax benefit as a write-off and hopefully build a good image um, in, in the communities within, your oper- within which you operate. But it, it needs to evolve to be more than that. And mm-hmm. I think if you look at the correlation between this global trend of reporting on sustainability, what's happening there is you're reporting on something called ESG, so the environment, on society, and on governance. And this is becoming the, the leading way to re- report on, as a standard, how companies gain their social license to operate. So if you want to be a company and if you want to be respected in your community, you must respect our environment. You must look after your society and your company must be governed correctly. Now, this still does not answer your question about the exchange over the receiving end of the organization, but I think we've got to look at the root of the problem. And I don't think philanthropy is going anywhere, but I think it needs to evolve. And and let's, let's treat it like business, you know. So I think we must stop treating charity like charity and we start treating it like business because then the exchange relationship conversation is had. And and it won't be taboo because I, I think right now if you go and, and have that relationship with an organization, they, they might look at you a bit strangely to be like, no, but um, we we implement the projects and, and we look after the children or um, the animals or whatever the whatever the cause is. And, and that's why they exist, right? And and yes, it does need to evolve. And I think the the companies that have the infrastructure, that the that they have the employees with the with the bright minds and, and with the ability to report um, better and accurately, um, also need to take responsibility in solving for this problem that you've highlighted. Let's talk to Mbali in Kempton Park, who is our first caller this evening. For those who want to join, you've got very limited time, 891 That's the line. We're having a conversation with Duncan Luke, CEO of the Social Collective. We're talking about corporate social investment, specifically in the light of COVID-19, the Solidarity Fund, and the fact that if you donate to that fund, you can get yourself a tax rebate, a Section 18A tax rebate. Mbali from Kempton Park, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Yes, good evening. I just want to comment on the question that you posed yes. Uh, yeah. on on whether or not charity is good. Uh, for me, it depends on from what angle you are coming in. Uh, so if the charity is coming from a perspective where you have not consulted me at the receiver, of course, then it, you not get the maximum benefit that is supposed to be derived from the charity. So a donor is supposed to consult the recipient on the need so that whatever you donate or whatever charity you give is based on what I as the receiver would value. Okay, fine. That's where the transaction will then come in that you require. The transaction for me in this, in this instance will be you are giving me a, 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 a charity and how do I return the favor by ensuring that I'm accountable for the, for the charity that you're giving by ensuring that I use the product for what it is meant to be. I make sure that going forward, I'm able to to account back to you. I accept that. Perhaps the, at an institutional level, one can do that. But surely there is more between me and my family members, between me and the guy 
at the robots between me and the need for PPEs in this particular district or government facility, how do we ensure in that micro level there is that element of transaction in the context of what you are saying, Sismbali? Now, at that level, the transaction is that as the person who's donating, I must make sure that I account properly for each and every item. I make sure that the, the item is used for its intended purpose. I make sure that we take care of the items that we are donating. That, for me, is where the transaction ends. Let's continue the conversation. Thank you so much, Mbali, in Kempton Park. Stay on the line there, Duncan Luke, KGM, another regular caller, wishes to contribute. KGM, good evening. Thanks for joining us. KGM? Good evening, Mr. Yes, sir. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. Your thoughts, please. Yes. In my books, we shouldn't be worried about what we're getting in return for doing that which is good, especially good and necessary. In my humble submission, and as a parting shot, South Africa should have, or South Africans, and maybe Africans in the main, the first 50 years of our so-called democracy or post-colonialism, apartheid, whatever the structure, we should all be doing philanthropic work, laying the foundation for the, those who will come after us. If I'm going to do it because Songhezo will have to look for something for me because he's at SAFM, we're missing the point. Africa, South Africa needs more philanthropic work, less of the benefits out of it. Songeso, thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling us. Duncan Luke, he poses something which is quite important. I mean, I think in a word he sums it up as Ubuntu. Ubuntu defines who we are as an African people. And as against what I was saying and to which Mbali contributed, there might be a parody there. How do you reconcile then these perspectives? I think uh, KGM and Mbali, we need more um, KGMs and Mbali's um, voicing their opinions. I think th- there's a large community of really passionate people that know what needs to be done at their level. And if I think we have um, more of that available, we, we, we kind of are building the society that we need, right? But I think too often we, we kind of get caught up in our own world and our own needs and this is time to reflect on on what are we actually doing what is actually valuable to us and what do we actually care about and maybe the way that i could um kind of reflect on those is the the key message that we are understanding as what's important here is it's about the relationship right i mean if you think about a business transaction or a friendship or anything it's about a relationship how are you how much effort are you putting in to maintain that relationship? And that has to come from both sides. And maybe that's where the tr- transaction needs to come in. Maybe it just needs to be an expectation that, um, look, if you don't, let's say, let's use the basic example, if you donate to a communi- your local community in need once a year and, and you commit to doing it once a year, um, I think it adds value to that organization that's the recipient um, because you building a relationship with them, they're going to want to tell you what they need next year. And they're going to want to tell you, let's call it the quote-unquote impact. Mm-hmm. And then I think if you if you imagine that relationship over five to ten years, you're actually going to understand what your local community really needs. And, and that's a really powerful uh, thing for an individual to be able to do. I mean, imagine we were all given an opportunity to actually 
do good when good wasn't expected of us. Right? That's like that's the the noble requirement there that KGM was um, talking about. It's like it's like when we don't have to give, are we? And not everyone does, right? So how do we better form better relationships? Because it is about trust, you know. I think there's a big element of like what actually happens with that money. You made the example of let's say the guy at the robots or um, donating beds. It's like you you would be more inclined to give more in better understanding the need as well mm-hmm. if you understood exactly what that individual's stress was or what they what their community's need was right and i think and and to and a lot of organizations unfortunately do get it wrong because there are time pressures and resource pressures where um, needs assessment needs to be done so that we can get this right. And we've seen it with our with our clients, right? You don't get it right the first time. You need to evolve and evolve, just like any business strategy. So if we use the, the analogy, about, if we use the analogy about um, a transaction, it's it's really about saying like this is a relationship and it can improve year on year, and it should. Fantastic. Well, let's leave it there. Thank you so much for your time there, Duncan. All the best for your work. And get more South Africans then to give and to donate, especially towards the Solidarity Fund, those who are in business, because with a Section 18A certificate, you do qualify for a tax rebate. All the best to you, Duncan. Otherwise, time out, ladies and gentlemen. It's now time for the book reading.